Kedushin Tesvav. So we are in the middle of a tangent. The tangent that we're discussing is whether or not there's Xer Shava of Sacher Sacher. We're talking about that there are two different forms of Evadivri. One is an Evadivri who sells himself out of poverty, and one is an Evadivri who is sold by Basin. And we want to know if it says Sacher by both of them, do we automatically assume that the halachas that apply to one apply to the other, or, does, or do they not? So presumably it was a Machlokas Tanom, because there were many halachas that it says by Machor Basin, and there's a dispute whether or not they apply to Mokha Atzma, such as can it be sold for more than six years? Um, can, he, can he become a Nirza? Can, can, does he get gifts when he leaves? And does the master give him a shifcha kanana? So presumably the machlokas, Tanakam and Rabbi Lazar, was whether or not there's a gzir shavah sacher sacher. However, the Gemara is in the middle of defending that no, everyone may hold a sacher sacher. And we should assume generally that the, are the, that the halachas are the same. The question is whether there were specific, specific mi'utim, exclusions that were written in the Lashon Apsukim that changed those halachas. So now the Gemara is in the middle of darshing them. Yesterday's daf, we learned about the din of being sold for more than six years, that that may have been excluded, that that only pertains to mochar base and not mochar atzma. So we're starting from the bottom of Yud Dalet Amid Beis. Where does the Tanakama get that a servant who sells himself cannot become a nirza, um, cannot, after the term is over, cannot decide to, to get his ear pierced and stay for longer? Again, if we're assuming everyone holds a soccer soccer, so, so why are you saying saying The answer is, and there's a specific meat in the case of the Machar Basin. What does the Torah say? It says, it says that the master should make a, a hole through his ear. What does it mean? His ear, as no shalo, only his ear, only the ear of a servant who is sold by the basin can become anirta velo as no shal mochar atzmo, but not the ear of a different type of servant, not the ear of the servant who sold himself. So it's a specific me. Top of tesvavam al. So how does Rabbi Lazar hold? Rabbi Lazar hold that the mochar atzmo could become anirta. So how does he darshan his ear? V'idach ilu zayir shavah. Also comes for zayir shavah and it's not extra. What zayir shavah? The Tanur Lazar Omer. Neither zayir shavah was in ha'imanis. How do you know that the ritzia should be done specifically on the servant's right ear? Never can ozen. Because the Pasuk Ozen is said here, Ozen, it says here also later, by they're talking about the Mitzor who is too poor to bring a regular carbon. So the halacha is with Saras, the whole thing, the whole, whole scenario over there with the, with the bud being applied um, on his right ear. So we darshan Madalan Yamin, just as over there by the Mitzor it refers to the right ear, that's where the blood is applied. Afkan Yamin, so to here, with the servant, we refer to the right ear. Okay, very good. So how does the Tanakama who used his ear to say that the din of is not for Mokha Atzmo, how does he know the Xer Shava? So Yidach, if it was only for the Xer Shava, can't lay Makra Ozen, my Oz, no. Could have just said Ozen. Why does it say his ears? So we're able to learn both halachas. Yidach, so how does Rabbi Lazar, what does he do with the fact that it could have just said Ozen as opposed to his ear? Yidach, when we buy the Ozno, the Ozno comes to say only his ear and not her ear. Meaning only a male servant can become a Nirza and, 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 a, and a longer, stay longer than his term. But a maid servant, a female evidently, cannot, cannot be, um, become a Nirza and stay longer than their term. Okay. Idach, the Tanakama who used his ear to exclude Mokha Atzma, how does he know that? That Amma Ivriya doesn't that 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 the Amma that the female one doesn't become an Irza. Navkalevim Yomarmaraha Evid. In the introductory psukim about the Din of Yitzhia, it says if the if the slave says, So Evid, we darshan only the Evid below Amma, not the maidservant. So why does Rabbi Lazar not darshan that? Idach, we buy Lach Yomar Kishu Evid. That Pasuk Yomarmar Evid is not coming to say male versus female, it's coming to make a different point. That he has to, in order to become an Irza, you have to say this when you're still a servant. Meaning, once the term was up and he went free, then you can't become a nirta. You become a nirta only from within the servitude. That you could learn from the hay. The ones who argue with Rabbi Lazar say, they don't darshan that extra hay. 
Okay, now we continue. Again, assuming everyone holds of Sakhir Sakhir. So what's the basis of the Tanakhama to distinguish between a certain halachos between Mokhar based in a Mokhar Atzmo? My time at the Tanakhama, what's the reason for Tanakhama to Amar? Mokhar Atzmo and Mikulo. He said that a Mokhar Atzmo, he doesn't get the gifts. Why not? Why don't we learn Sakhir Sakhir? Just as Mokhar Basin gets the gifts when he's sent away, so to Mokhar Atzmo. The answer, meet Rachona Kapichor Basin. The Torah specifically excluded it in the laws of someone who's sold by Basin. It says, Hanak Tanak Lo, you give him the gifts. Lo, to him, Lo, Mokhar Atzmo, not to a servant who sells himself. V'idach, how does Rabbi Lazar respond? Rabbi Lazar holds that Mokhar Atzmo does get the gifts. How does he respond? That comes to tell us that the gifts. Only have to be given to the servant himself, but not to his yarshim. Meaning, if the servant dies after he was freed, but before the gifts were given to him, then the gifts don't have to be given to his, his yarshim. So, Akhtar Gemara, is that really true? Gemara is challenging if, if that halacha is emes. Yarshim, am I low? Sachar Karach, one of the Torah calls him a hired worker. Masachar Pelosali Yarshim, just as a worker, he doesn't lose the wages. If he dies, it would go to his heirs. If I Pelosali Yarshim, we should assume that the gifts should go to his yarshim. Should we assume that halacha is wrong that we said? Really, is therefore, the halacha. The, the, the point of low comes back. We should say, So what do we do with low? We're coming to say that if, let's say, the servant owed money to a different creditor, then the gifts are not given to the creditor. The Pasuk is saying it's only given to him, but not the creditor. And I, why would you think that the Pasuk, why would you think that it would go to the creditor, that the Pasuk has to be machadish, that it does not? Generally, we accept the opinion of Reb Nasan. What is the opinion of Reb Nasan? How do we know that if one person has a claim against another person, and that person has a claim against yet another person, so Ruvain owes Shimon money, and Shimon owes Levi money. How do we know that person one and three can be directly connected? How do I know that Reuben can go to Levi and say, you owe me money? Levi says, I don't know you. I know I owe Shimon. But Reuben can say, yeah, but if Shimon owes me money, so you owe me the money. You should give the money to one he is guilty. Sometimes you give the money to the one you're guilty to, even if that's not the person that you borrowed the money from. So if we normally say this, so you would say that if you owe the gifts to the slave and the slave owes money to a creditor, so then the, the money, the gift should be given to the creditor. Also, low. That's why low has to come to exclude from that halacha. Now we explain the Tanakhama used low for the other way to exclude the mocher atzmo from getting the gifts. So why why doesn't he need it for this? He never holds like Rambam's principle. So therefore, it wasn't necessary to teach that the gifts don't go to the creditor. Now we examine we examine the final halacha. My time the Tanakhama to Amar mocher atzmo in Rabbi Moshe Shivchay Kenanis. What's the reason for the Tanakhama that the din of giving a Shivchay Kenanis? Of giving that unique Zeres Akasav that the Evid Ivri can be given a Shivcha Kananis to have relations with and make children that would go to the master. What's the Pshat? The Tanakhama says that that's not for the Mokhar Atzma. If, again, if we, everyone holds up Sakhar Sakhar as the Gemara is trying to defend, so why doesn't that Din of Shilcha Kananis apply to Mokhar Atzma? The answer is me, Basin. The Torah specifically was Mamayed by Machar Basin. It says, The master gives him a woman. Only him. Only the one who sold by basin, but not the one who sold himself. How does Rabbi Lazar Darshan? Lo comes to say that the Shilcha Kenanis can be given to him even against his will. Even if he's not interested in marrying the Shilcha Kenanis, the master can still give it to him against his will. So how does the Tanakhama know that? He learns that from the fact that it says twice as much he's a hired worker. What does that mean? Usually, hired worker only works during the day. Whereas the Hebrew slave, he works at night as well. So, what does that mean? He works at night. Does it mean literally that he works as a slave during the night as well? What does the pastor say? It's been good with him. You have to treat him well. You give him food, you give him drink. The way you live life, you're supposed to allow him to live life. 
Now, obviously, working at night would not be good. So what does it mean working at night? mean, the idea is that the master gives him a shivcha kenanis. And his working at night means that he has relations with her at night, which makes children for the master. So, you see over there, he's worked for you, is that it could be done even that's why we don't need low for that. And we say low comes to exclude if I just saw that over there that he works twice, that he works at night, I would say that only means that it could be done if he consents. But to say he could do it against his will, I would say that, 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 that the servant doesn't have to do it. So that's why the Pasuk got to say, with the Pasuk of law. All right, so now that all is said and done, we said that Rabbi Lazar and the Chum both hold of Sakhar Sakhar. But we mentioned before, back in our discussion, uh, and yesterday's daf that there is some Tana out there who doesn't hold of Sakhar Sakhar. So the Gemara is still on a search. Who is that Tana? Elaman Tana Deloyal of Sakhar Sakhar. Who is the Tana that doesn't? Again, a total tangent. We just had mentioned that. We were looking for the source of Evid Ivri. Whether it's not just Nikta Bekasev. So we had a source for Evid Ivri that was Nikna that was sold by Basin. We didn't have the source for one that was Mocha Atzmos. We tried to say Sakhar Sakhar, but the Gemara said, oh yeah, but not everybody holds of Sakhar Sakhar. Who is this? Not everybody. Says the Gemara, high time. It's this time. Rabbi Yaakov, Tanya. So here we're talking about an Ebed Ivri when he's freed in the Yovel year. So the Pasik says that he goes back to his family in Parshas Bahar. So he's going free with the coming of Yovel. So, but it's not so clear what type of Ebed Ivri we're talking about. Even Mokras, maybe say he's talking about one who sold himself. It's already said in the Pasik before that he goes free during Yovel. The Torah wouldn't have to repeat it. The Pasik right before says, so clearly, it's talking about a mocher atzmo. That was the, the pasuk started off with. If, if your brother is impoverished and he sells and he sells himself, so he already said that one goes for ibn here. It's ever talking about a nirtzah that he goes for yovel like Amar. That one has also been said elsewhere. So the gemara will identify what that elsewhere is. But the gemara assumes that that's true now. So what do I need this pasuk for? It's talking about if Basin sold the servant two or three years before yovel could free him. So basically, we have a special pasuk that mocher. Based in goes free in Yovel, not only Mocher Atzmo. So Isaac, that Yovel Sacher Sacher, if Rabbi Lazar Yaakov agrees to the Zayir Shava of Sacher Sacher, Lamali, why don't I need the pasuk to teach that both Mocher Based in and Mocher Atzmo go free in Yovel? Yovel Sacher Sacher. Why don't we rely on the Zayir Shava? It must be that there's no Zayir Shava. Amar Nachman Yitzchak Lolim Yovel Sacher Sacher. Maybe the Tana Rabbi Lazar Yaakov does hold the Zayir Shava. Yitzchak, it was still necessary to have another pasuk. Sacher Tadach Amina may have thought to say Mocher Atzmo who delo of Yisura. Only Mocher Atzmo who sells himself. He didn't do anything wrong. He goes free by Yovel. The one who sold by the court, that means he, he stole and couldn't pay back. He committed a crime. I would think, I would, may have thought to say there should be a penalty, a knas, that he shouldn't go free at Yovo. So even if there generally is a Zer Shavu, Yusakar Sakhar, which, com, which compares them, I would say specifically not, to, not, not in this regard that Yovo should free Mohor Basin because maybe there should be a knas. Kamash Malan, that's what we need the Pasuk to inform us that actually a servant that was sold by the court still goes free during the Yovel. So we st- we're still on the lookout for Atana who, who doesn't hold the Sacher Sacher. It may not be your Blazer and Yaakov. Now the Gemara just wants to analyze what we were saying in the previous price. So Amar we just said, Ibn Yertzah, if you want to say again, this Pasuk Veshavu Mishpachto, some evidence he goes free by Yovel. Who's it talking about? So we said, Mocha Asma was the Pasuk right before. And we said, if it's Nirtzah, there's another Pasuk. What is that other Pasuk? What is this other Pasuk that in Nirtzah goes free by Yovel? And if you notice, the Pasuk just says, in Parshish Mishpatim, it says, It's a master forever. So what does that mean? How do we know that in Nirtzah goes free by Yovel? The Pasuk says, And, and everyone should return 
um, to the family. What type is it referring to? That pasuk that Yovel frees. As we said before, we're based on a Kvar Amr. That one was also said as we just went through. So, so the pasuk is talking about someone who sold two, three years before Yovel. Yovel until Yovel frees him. So, at the end of the day, there are three psukim. There's and, and we say that one is talking about Mokhar Asma, one is talking about Mokhar Beistin, and one is talking about Nirzah. So Mokhar Asma, one is quite explicit. It says he's poor and he sells himself, he goes free by Yovel. Mokhar Beistin and Nirzah wasn't explicit, but we darshan it because they were extra. So now the Gemar wants to know, my Mashma, how do we know which Pasuk was which? In other words, there was one Pasuk, we just quoted in the Brayat, we said we're talking about Nirzah. And the one that was mentioned before, the Vishavah Mishpacht, we said is talking about how do we know which one is talking about which? Not that it makes such a practical difference, just that's the way the Tanakh expounded it. So we want to understand better. So Amar Rav Rashi, Amar Ish. The Pasuk in the Zang Baris says, you return each man to his family. So why is it emphasizing man? What is the type of thing that applies to only a man and not to a woman? We mentioned before that, uh, that only a male evidently can become a Nirtza. So that Pasuk was talking about the Nirtza. Whereas the other Pasuk, we must be talking about Machur based in. So now it comes out that we had all these psukim emphasizing that all types of effort every go free by Yovel. Why do I need the psukim again and again? Isn't it just the same concept that everyone goes free at Yovel? It says the Gemara, I need all the psukim. It was necessary to say Machur Basin. It was also necessary for it to say Nirtzah. If you only told me by a Machur Basin that he goes free, I would say it's only because his time has not yet come. Meaning, it's not like this guy was so bad. What happened here? He, he, he was in the middle of a six-year term, and then Yovo comes, and then he goes free. His time already came, and he still decided, I want to remain a slave. I would say that's really bad. To decide to remain a slave is the worst thing, and therefore it should be a, uh, a penalty, and he shouldn't go free in Yovo either. It's an interesting irony, because we're upset that he chose to remain free, but the punishment will be that you stay, you stay, um, uh, you stay a slave even after Yovo. That would be the Hava, you know. If you only told me by, by, by Nirza that he goes free, at least he's already done a full term. Someone who's told by the court is in the middle of his six years, I would say he doesn't go free. It's a loss in the master. He hasn't even done one term. It's necessary to say that both of these servants go free in Yovel. Okay, now we noticed before that we had the Pasuk of Nirza going free from Mishav and Mishpachto to Shuvu, that Pasuk by Yovo, but we noticed by Nirza, the Pasuk also says La'olam, that it's forever. Now, obviously, La'olam means until Yovo, just putting the Pesukim together, but the Gemara notes why the Pasuk had to write it the way. It has to say that the Nirza goes free at Yovo, it also had to say that he's a slave forever. If it would just said forever, I mean, I would say it means literally forever, his entire life. I definitely need the Pasuk to say he goes free by Yovo, but why did the Pasuk say La'olam then? Because I would say the whole din. He goes free by Yovel is only if he hasn't yet served for six years. He's already done six years as in Nirzah, so then there's no need for Yovel to free him. Because I would say that a second set of six years would go free. And the reason I would say a second set of six years should be enough is the Kenyan of a Nitzah shouldn't be more Hummer than the original purchase. The original purchase of Evidavi is only six years. I would say a Nirzah also should only be six years. How do I know that a Nirzah is all the way until Yovel? It means forever. means for the length of the Yovel. That's the point that we're trying to say. So, Avadah the halacha is everybody goes free during Yovel. There are different places that we learn all these points uh, one from the other. 
All right. So after all is said and done, we cleaned up our blouse from Yaakov. Everyone goes free during Yovel, but he's not the one who doesn't hold of Sakhar Sakhar. So come back to the question. Elaman, Tana, Dilo, Yellow Sakhar Sakhar. Who is the Tana that doesn't expound Sakhar Sakhar? So far, it sounds like everyone holds of it. Yet we know from yesterday's daf, there's someone that doesn't hold of it. So who is it? Rebbe, he's Rebbe. Titania says in Brazil, here we're talking about a Jew who sells himself to a guy. The Pasik says, and if the servant was not redeemed by these, then he goes free in Yovel. So here, what are we talking about? The Pasuk is talking about, usually we encourage the relatives to pay the guy for the remaining years, years on his term. And this is like a big mitzvah. They're supposed to do it. We don't want him to become assimilated by the guy. So the Pasuk says, if he wasn't redeemed by the relatives, then he goes free in the Yovel year. Okay. So now, we, how, how do we dash? Rabbi Omar, Be'ila, Hunigal, by these, by the relatives who are paying, he can be redeemed. He can't be redeemed by finishing six years. Meaning the Torah is telling us that when someone sells himself to a guy, six years doesn't free him. The only way to go free is by relatives. By the way, all of this is talking about when the Jews control like the law of the land and the Gaim are going to listen or else all this is, you know, ridiculous. What are the Gaim are not going to listen to us? But there's a din, there's a din of halacha, someone who sells himself to a guy, he's only redeemed when relatives pay, but not with sheish, with six years. You might have thought it was a kava chomer that a servant sold to a guy should be go free after six years. Mami should not go be'ela. If even a servant who can't be redeemed by these relatives, meaning a servant who sells himself to a Jewish master. It's only he could pay himself, pay the master for the remaining years, but the relatives can't do so on his behalf. The, the din of relatives only by a guy. Nonetheless, Nikobashesh. Nonetheless, and every day for you sells himself to another Jew could be redeemed, he goes free after six years. So that's Shnegobayla. Then the evidence you sell himself to a guy who goes free through his relatives. They know Dinch Negobashesh, all the more so Kabakharma should be allowed to be redeemed by finishing six years. Tamalomer Be'ela, only with this. Be'ela who nigal only with relatives, he goes free. Ve'ino nigal Vishesh. He does not go free by completing six years. Okay, so now we get to our proof. Now we just expounded, Rebbe expounded that uh, uh, a Jew who sells himself to a guy is only goes free when his relatives redeem him with the cash, but that he does not go free with Sheishan. Why is it that we say in the Kavah Chomer that a Jew who sells himself to another Jew is not Nikol Be'ila, he's not, he's not redeemed through his relatives. Why not? Why don't we learn Xer Shava of Sakhir Sakhir? So what do we mean? So Sakhir is also used when a Jew sells himself to a guy. So the Gemara is assuming if you hold of Sakhir Sakhir, so that means there's also Xer Shava of a Jew who sells himself to a Jew, as Xer Shava to a Jew who sells himself to a guy. Just as a Jew who sells himself to a guy is Nikol through relatives, so to a Jew who sells himself to a Jew should be Nikol through relatives. So the fact that we're assuming that that's not the case, we're assuming rather a Jew who sells himself to a Jew is not nigel relative through relatives. It must be that there's no sacher sacher. Says so the Gemara, it's not true. Amar Nachman, it's almost sacher sacher. The Tana here, Rebbe may hold a sacher sacher. Shana Yachad Amar Kol Yigal Lenu. His relatives should redeem him. Lazevel Lacher, not another type. Only the one sold to a guy can be redeemed with relatives, not another type. So therefore, at the end of the day, it's not a proof that Rebbe doesn't hold a sacher sacher. So now, just we just expounded before Rebbe's opinion was that Ela said that a servant sold to a guy is only redeemed with relatives, but not a six-year service. So Matanah's Pollock Rebbe, who argues on Rebbe, doesn't sound like everybody agrees. Rebbe says, Rebbe Kiva, Rebbe Kiva. The Tanya says, and Rebbe says, Rebbe Kiva, Rebbe Kiva. The says, if this servant sold to a guy was not redeemed with these, he goes free in Yovel. Rebbe says, but Ela, when he's redeemed with the relatives, the Shekhar, he goes free. In other words, when the relatives pay money to the guy, he doesn't become the slave of the relatives, he just goes free. Bashar called them, but let's say somebody else redeems him, he goes free, but Lashiba, then he goes automatically that he has to serve the one who paid for his release. So a relative, he goes free. If somebody else else pays for him, 
then he becomes their slave. If somebody else's relatives, then he works for the relatives. Which I call them Meshachar, trust the opposite. If somebody else redeems him, then he goes free. So Al-Kopanim, the Machlokas, Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Aglil and Rabbi Kiva is what? When, when every every is, is, uh, is, is redeemed by other people paying, paying the guy, what happens? Does he go free or does he work? In the opinion of Rabbi Yosef, Lili, when, when the relatives redeem him, he goes free. When other people redeem him, he works for them. And Rabbi Kiva says the, the opposite. When other relatives redeem him, he works for the relatives. When other people redeem him, he goes, he goes free. But the point is that they're using the word be'ela for something different than Rebbe did. Rebbe used be'ela to say that a six-year term doesn't, after six years, he still works for the guy. There's no freedom freedom that comes after six years. These Tanaim are using be'ela for something else. So if they're using be'ela for something else, it must be they don't hold it for Rebbe's halacha, and therefore the conclusion would be they hold that a, a servant who sells himself to a guy would go free, in fact, after six years. So the Gemara accepts that point. Now we want to understand the Machlokas of Rebbe and Rebbe Kiva better. Again, they're arguing when it's nigal, when the Jew sells himself to a guy, he's nigal, does he go free or does he work? And we're saying different opinions about whether or not for a relative or, 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 or compared to other people. So my time, what did the Pasuk say? If he wasn't redeemed with the relatives, so the implication means rather by someone else, he goes free in Yovel. So it's like a drush. If he wasn't redeemed, the Pasuk is he wasn't redeemed at all, then he goes free from the guy by Yovel. But the drush is saying if he wasn't redeemed by the relatives, rather by somebody else, then he'll work for him and therefore... He'll, he'll work for the person who redeemed him and go free only by Yehovah. So we see when someone else redeems him, he works for them. Rabbi Akiva Omer, no, you darshan differently. If he was not redeemed, but rather only by these relatives, he goes free by Yehovah. So just the opposite. He was redeemed by the relatives, then he works for them, and then he goes free only by Yehovah. Rabbi Yosef, did me the elixir? Does the Pasuk say, but by these? No, it didn't say that. He said if he wasn't redeemed by these, so rather by other people. So the Gemara concludes that that's like obvious, like the way Rabbi Akiva, we were trying to say Darshan didn't make any sense. So therefore we need a better explanation for where Rabbi Akiva's opinion from, and that causes us to just revisit the whole Machlokas, where exactly their sources are coming from. Elabai, comifically, they're arguing about the following Pasuk. Here we're talking about the people who have the right to redeem a Jewish servant from a guy. The Pasuk says, either uncle, uncle, son to redeem him. That Pasuk is talking about when relatives redeem him. Or Pasuk says, or if Stam, he gets money. That's when he redeems himself. And then it adds, and he becomes redeemed. So what's that? That's talking about when a non-relative redeems him. So there, there are three parts in the Pasuk. A relative, himself, or a stranger. So he holds that the way that we darshan, that a drasha works, that it, it, it teaches us something upon the phrase that upon the phrase that appeared before it. So So therefore we say the gulos akrovim was mentioned first in the pasuk. So we compare that to when he redeems himself, which is mentioned second, and it clarifies the The same way the thing mentioned second, when he redeems himself, he goes totally free, doesn't have to become a slave to himself. So to the first thing, when the relatives redeem him, he goes free and he's not required to work. So shows us when he's redeemed by the relatives, he doesn't he doesn't work for them. Just the opposite. A pasuk is expounded upon the thing, is expounded to show things about things that come after it in a pasuk. So therefore we compare the gulas acherim, which mentioned last in the pasuk, together with when he's poda himself. Just when he redeems himself, he's free. So too, when other people redeem him, he goes free. But the mashmas is that, that when the relatives redeem him, he works for them. Says the Gemara Yihachi, if that's what they're arguing about, what do they do with the words Be'ela? Remember, now that we're saying it comes from the Migrosh of the Fun of Akhrav and this other Pasuk, what do they need the whole Ela for in the Pasuk that we mentioned before? Says the Gemara, not for the Ela in the original Pasuk, 
I would say both are true. It sheds like on both, right? Again, it says relatives, himself, random strangers. So without Be'ila, I would say it's on both. I would say that he's free for everybody. I would have no basis of saying at all that when someone redeems him, either the relatives or the random stranger, he works for them. So it's only from Be'ila that I get that. And now the question is just, how do I know which one is going on? So it says the Gemara, but if we're saying that from Be'ila, it's saying only one type of redemption goes free. So then the question comes back. How are, how are we supposed to know? In other words, it, 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 how could Rabbi Akiva take the opposite approach? If you're going back to Be'ela, and in the Pasuk of Be'ela, it's so clear that it wasn't redeemed by these, but rather other people, then it's clearly like Rabbi Yosei that when it's redeemed by other people, he works. When it's redeemed by relatives, he doesn't work. How could Rabbi Akiva take the opposite approach? Now, especially if we fell off Be'ela, then we could do that. But if we're going back to the Pasuk of Be'ela, then the Pasuk of Be'ela clearly is Masha, like Rabbi Yosei He only works for someone who's not a relative. Rather, other people, then he works for them. But if he's redeemed by the uh, relatives, he wouldn't work. So how can we understand Rabbi Akiva's position? Says the Gemara, you have to say that they're arguing not upon a drasha, but based upon logic. It's more logical that when non-relatives redeem him, he should have to work. But if you would say, yes, he goes free when other people redeem him, what's going to motivate them to redeem him? Relatives, relatives are intrinsically motivated to redeem him. So that's why he'll go free when he's redeemed by relatives, but he'll work if he's redeemed by other people. just the opposite. If it would be true that he'll go free when relatives redeem him, then why wouldn't a guy just go sell himself to a guy every single day? He'll remain confident his relatives will come and free him. Therefore, the Torah says, no, when your relatives redeem you, you're still a slave, just you're a slave to them as opposed to a slave to the guy. Okay, great. Now, we mentioned, before we are talking about Yisrael Glidim Rabbi Kiva, we've been talking about the different types of redemptions, relatives or non-relatives, when he goes free and when he works for them. This is the No matter what, whenever he's redeemed, he always goes free. There's no concept that when someone redeems you from a guy, you work for them. Remember, Rebbe used Be'ila for something else. Rebbe used Be'ila to say that there's no Sheishanim. There's no idea that after six years you go free from the guy. So he didn't have Be'ila. And in terms of the Drasha, the Mikra is Nidrash on the thing in front of it and the thing after it. So just as when he redeems himself in the middle of the Pasuk, he's free. So too, when other people redeem him or his relatives redeem him, they always go free. For Rebbe, what does he do with the Yatsmashasayovo? Meaning, if he's never working for anybody who redeemed him, so why is the Pasuk continuing that he goes free in Yovel? Says the he's not redeemed with this, he goes free in Yovel. The Pasuk is talking about a case of a Jew serving a guy that's under your jurisdiction, meaning the cases where no one redeemed him, and this, the slave is still by the guy, and the Pasuk is saying, then if you can control the guy, then you get him out by Yovel. And it's saying, obviously, only if you control the guy, because or else it's not going to work. Maybe the Pasuk is talking about if the guy is not under your jurisdiction, he won't listen to you and he still goes free. But the answer to that is, what are we going to do? How are we going to free the guy if, if, if the guy won't listen to us? The Pasuk is talking about when the guy is under your jurisdiction. And the Pasuk is saying that if you can control what the guy will do, then if he was never redeemed and now it's Yovel, then you're going to force the guy... You're going to force the guy to, to listen and uh, he'll go free during Yovel.